Player. And welcome to Versus Player, the podcast about games, life, and everything in between. I'm Jono. I'm Joe. I'm Jace. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Gents. How's it going? Big fun field podcast to talk uh, about today. Well, we're not going to talk about a podcast. We're going to talk about stuff in the podcast. That'd be, that'd be pretty metal, wouldn't it? Is it metal? Or is it third <sighs> breaking the breaking the fourth wall? Talk podcast within a podcast. Yeah. Podcast. Let's do it. No, let's not. Um, mm. we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about some fun stuff. I know the two of you are champing at the bit to talk about Elden Ring. Oh yeah. Um, now that Spider-Man No Way Home has been released digitally and soon to be on uh, DVD and Blu-ray, uh, we're gonna have a quick chat about that. So be warned, spoilers are coming towards possibly the end of the episode. And last but not least, we're gonna talk about what we're playing because we always love doing a bit of that. So let's get straight into the action. I'm going to chuck a topic that neither of you prepared for straight in because I like to do that too. Did either of you see um, what Sony revealed on their PlayStation videos at all? Because uh, there was an announcement, what was it last week? I think it was from where we were, but there was some new releases. I had one thing stick out in my mind and everything else I completely shut out for some weird reason because you know I'm probably not the biggest PlayStation person out there, but... For me, it was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle collection. Oh, yeah. Looks good. So they're bringing back arcade, Game Boy, like original Game Boy, NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis games, all into one bundle. It's like 18 different titles, although some of them are repeats of the same game, just on different consoles. And that's probably because they're different enough. Um, looks like an interesting collection for you know, retro thing, games. That like thing. exclusively? As far as I can tell, it's PS4, PS5 only. That is I think bizarre. I think it's everything. I'll really? Look after. I, I looked and the only announcement seems to be from them uh, with okay. no word on it going anywhere else. I do suspect it will go elsewhere as well. But um, I, know, I was intrigued. That, that they've chosen, like have TMNT made a resurgence recently or something like yeah. that? Like is this, like why, why this? Because there must be other collections they could have done. There's been a lot of those sorts of collections recently. Like um, uh, Castlevania's got the uh, like three different collections available on most platforms, and one oh. of them is a collection of all the Game Boy Advance games. But it's yeah. popping up on Xbox and PlayStation as well as Switch. So um, I, I find it really interesting how a lot of developers at the moment are looking at their back catalogue and releasing things, which is cool. I'm all for it. I don't mind it as long as they're nicely priced and they've got something interesting that you couldn't get any other way. Um, oh. I do love a retro game, but convenience is also brilliant. And um, also save states. So things like, you know, some of those classic games were bloody hard. So yeah, you know, to save your way through. Yeah. I remember that, what was it? Battle Battletoads had this this level of the original Battletoads where you had to make like this pixel perfect jump and I was never yeah. able to do it as a kid. The hover bike. Right. And on a on an emulator you could do the save states and sort of do rewinds and things like that. <laughs> I like that I like that the emulators have now sort of move towards actually being released in in these collections to to give you those quality of life changes sorry joe that that um tournament fighter um game on there just looks like street fighter with ninja turtles characters in it like the original kind of 2d street fighter pixel x pistol s pistol i can't speak pixel-esque versions it looks yep. incredible i've never played those i've never seen those i want to play that game so i have tournament fighters i got it in a bundle of mega drive games years ago nice. And um, it is so hard. I can't get in the arcade mode in it. I cannot get past a level. 
Wow. I don't know why it's so hard. Um, I don't know if it's just that my skills suck and at fighting games, I'm not brilliant. <laughs> um, but you're not uh, doing the Hudouken on repeat. That's what, what's the Ninja Turtle equivalent? Yeah, well, that's what I have been able to figure out. So maybe that, that's the reason I keep losing. But I would like to play it against you guys. I thought it was cool. I'll... Yeah, look, my quick sleuthing says it's coming to Series X, um, Switch, and PC as well. But oh, the first few websites said PS4, PS5 only. So, um, yeah, see what they were the that. first ones to announce it. So, yeah, um, yeah. Um, was it? Did you see anything out of that collection, Joe? Uh, uh, from the Sony press conference thingy? Yeah. They did? Yeah, no, I was with you. That was the one that jumped out. Um, I, I Honestly, I watched bits and pieces of the trailers from last week, and I can't really remember anything else. There was lots of... <laughs> um, <laughs> that's terrible, but I know Gran Turismo um, has come out as well, just on the on the PlayStation Love, um, and it, by all accounts, it's another incredible one of those, you know, really deep racing sims. Um, yep. You know, I, it's not, not for me, <laughs> but... Um, it seems like that's the kind of thing that's going on with Sony games lately. I'll talk about Horizon in a little bit, but um, yeah, no, not, nothing jumped out. The Horizon VR looks really cool. That that's that's a coming thing. I don't know if that was at the last Sony thing or previously, but that's going to be, you know, a nice way to experience that world. Yeah, and um, I think they talked about more Ghostwire Tokyo and stuff like that as well. Um, I'm with you. I haven't played a Gran Turismo since. Actually, I think the last one I properly played was three. I was working at Toys R Us. Um, I remember getting the editions in and having getting myself a copy and playing it a little bit, but I never got really far. So, um. The funniest things with Gran Turismo games are, though, like you think back to playing those games, the original ones, and going through the different consoles and being like, nothing will ever look better than this. This is, this is the pinnacle of graphics. And yeah. then you go back and look at it now and it's just, it's laughable. But yeah. when you look at this game and although I've seen some of some videos of the character models in the crowd, which are pretty terrible, but the game itself, it looks real. Like there's, there's photos yeah. online of this game and you know how you often see news, um, news conferences or news um, segments where they'll show footage from a video game where they think it's real life. This you could totally understand. Someone would confuse it, um, you know, in a, in a screenshot for real life. It, it it just looks remarkable. It really feels like racing games kind of lead the way graphically every generation. They're the they're the things that sort of get it get it right. I guess maybe because it's not it's not human, right? Because yeah. humans yeah. are arguably the hardest thing to get, you know, get well, and real it, and 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 things are kind of still right. Like I, I know they have like oh I actually I think the last Grand Turismo they didn't have. Um, damage on the vehicles. I'm pretty sure in this one they do. Um, yeah. But like, you know, besides that, yeah, it's just like an object moving with the wheels spinning and that's kind of it. And it's yeah. kind of blaring in the background. But yeah, no, not, not to kind of discredit it. It looks insanely good. Exactly. Um, okay. So I'm glad we all aligned on that. And, and the one thing that we we're excited about was turtles. Um, <laughs> I'm also still excited for there's another Turtles game coming called Shredder's Revenge that they keep teasing. It's meant to come out sometime this year. It's it's meant to be like Turtles in Time, the original arcade uh, game, but um, with lots of play, extra playable characters. So April is a playable character and so is um, Master Shredder. Uh, not Master Shredder, Master Splinter. So um, really cool. All right, but why would you choose April O'Neil when you could choose a Ninja Turtle? Like, they're ninjas. Like, well, if I'm, if I'm playing through it multiple times, I'm happy to have April. If I can smack him over the head with a camcorder, brilliant. 
but it's so ridiculous, right? The idea of video games. So we just we just go along with it. But that you know Leonardo hitting someone with a sword has the same amount of hit damage as yeah. whatever April <laughs> O'Neil hits with <laughs> in the video game. You know, it, it's very funny. Even even Leonardo compared to any other other Ninja Turtles besides Raph with his size, um, you know, a sword is is always going to take the most damage, surely, right? I don't know. If you you get that bow staff and you whack someone in the side of the head, you could kill them. Yeah, but if I whack someone in the side of the head with a sword, I am killing them. What's that that uh, that whole thing with Batman where it's just like you know yes. everyone pretends that Batman isn't killing people. It's like oh, it's the fall that killed him, yeah. um, or it's you know it's the ground <laughs> it's the ground that did the damage rather than my fists or my batarang or my Batmobile or whatever I hit yeah. him with the ten <laughs> ton truck that is his hit. That massive explosion from the, yeah. you know, a thousand ben bullets fired from Batman. Affleck's Batman definitely killed some people. Oh, like yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not around anymore. What do they um, say? That the Batmobile had rubber bullets? I'm like, yeah, but still, like, you shoot rubber bullets. Rubber bullets fast. kill people. <laughs> that many times that somebody, mm. they're not getting up from that. And not to mention, did you hear that Ben Affleck's Batman is coming back? Isn't he in the, is he in the Flash, maybe? He is in the yeah. Flash. And, there's ru- cool. and I've heard rumors both ways that either he dies in the Flash um, so that they give him a send off because Michael Keaton's Batman is still there anyway, or he might possibly make another appearance in another movie afterwards. So maybe his time as Batman is not as done as we were led to believe. Well, look, that, that's the weirder side. Zack Schneider's Justice League, like I said, now movie podcast, that was an amazing movie in my eyes, and I'd, ha- I'd happily have more of it. Well, there's rumors I, of that too, actually. Yeah. I think I think we've talked about this before, but the multiverse is absolutely the new hotness in everything. We're going to see variances yeah. of that, whether or not it's Marvel, DC. Uh, there's a movie coming out that I am possibly the most excited for, which is called um, Every, Everything Everywhere yes. All at Once. With, um, um, what's the name? What's the show name? Yes. Yeah. Oh yes, um, I've seen the trailer for that. that was and cool. and that, I mean, you know, it's a running gag at this point. But IGN gave it ten out of ten. Um, and <laughs> you know, it's um, you know, it's it it looks it genuinely looks looks really cool. Anything that sort of A twenty four pump out is is exciting. But I think yeah, the multiverse is a great way for you to be able to show wacky things and yeah. also retcon a couple of things. Go oh well, you know, is he dead? Um, or, yeah. or is she dead? Um, and you know, uh, yeah, it's it's. I think we're going to see a lot more of this stuff. It's really funny you're saying that, Jace, because you're totally right. The last Doctor Strange movie had the time loop thing, which was the hotness at the time. And yep. this one is literally in the title, Multiverse. So whatever's next in the next, the, the next Doctor Strange movie will be whatever the current fad is at the time. It'll just kind of, you know, lead the way. Doctor Strange, yeah. the Doctor of Fads. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got some sad news as a oh. slight, slight change of pace. Um, we all know about the, and we're not going to talk about this in any depth because um, it's horrible enough as it is the whole Russia invading the Ukraine. But in the gaming world, it's had one impact that's really left me quite sad. Nintendo has delayed Advance Wars 1 and 2, um, uh, what's it called? Reboot or not, not calling it Reboot, Reboot Camp. Um, yeah, they've delayed it indefinitely because of uh, the war with no other reason as to why. So... I'm a little bit sad about that because it actually looked quite cool. They're not the only um, the only team that's affected. So um, Stalker Two, which was uh, which is mm. a Game Pass title, um, got uh, delayed until the end of the year. But now it's the same boat. We're probably uh. looking at an indefinite delay. There's been some controversy around that game, and 
NFTs and things like that. Uh, but we won't uh, get into that. But look, separate to all that, um, yeah, I, I don't think we'll be seeing that game for a while. And and for me, I, I really love the first Stalker. Um, it, it created games like Metro and and that. So yeah. um, uh, and that kind of genre. So yeah, it's. I think we're going to be seeing more and more game companies impacted by that. Mm. Uh, it's um, definitely a strange old world we live in. What we've gone from pandemics to floods to i'll tell you what though it feels like continuing the, wars yeah it feels like the, the the pandemic is is all but you know old news now um you yeah know, if going going into into the city is anything to go by it's just you know business as usual apart yeah. from the fact that you have to get three trains to get into work now for me but um but yeah it's just that's it's ridiculous crazy. yeah yeah it's, no it's um it's just crazy how quickly we all moved on it felt like one day you know we were in the middle of, of COVID and, and the next it's just mm. sort of all but forgotten. Um, so I guess that's the way the world works, right? On to the so next in that one. case, let's talk about something happier. Yep. You two have spent a lot of time in Elden Ring, if I'm not mistaken. Now, yeah, we, we all know that I'm a sci-fi, you know, military nerd. So um, I haven't gotten into Elden Ring because I can't pull out a wingsuit or a machine gun to take out my bad guys. So I'm gonna. I need to hear from the two of you as to why I should even potentially crack one day and give it a go. Um, I guess Elden Ring is a pretty hard sell. Um, for anybody who isn't sort of familiar with um the Souls games. Um, have you played Dark Souls before, Joe? I've played the first one, and it's funny in all my was game. That Demon Souls or Dark Souls? Do you think? Oh, it was Dark Souls. It wasn't Demon okay. Souls. Yeah. Right. I got it in um, Games with Gold on Xbox and I've played through like, uh, I think I fought the first boss and maybe got to the second one and went, oh, hell's no. Um, <laughs> so it was good. I, like I was impressed, but wow. Well, see, I, I wasn't. So I got on the craze of Demon Souls when it first got released to the West and, and Demon Souls didn't do well in Japan at all. Um, in fact, um, it was panned by Sony saying it was, and yeah, it was Sony that says it was the biggest mistake for them to release this game. Uh, but the West loved it. Um, and so I, I got in on it and I got Demon's Souls. I got the collector's edition in a box somewhere. Um, oh. And a whole bunch of people at, at work at the time all picked it up. And we were all talking about it. And I remember very, very distinctly the first part of that game uh, where I went up against the first enemy and they killed me straight away. Um, they just looked mm -hmm. like a normal low-level zombie grunt type dude. <laughs> and I was gone. And I'm like, what is this? And it just didn't click for me. And I tried probably for about an hour. It went back in the sleeve. And then that was it. And I never touched it again. And I haven't still to this day played the original Demon Souls. Um, I really didn't get properly into these sorts of games until Dark Souls 3. But effectively, they are a kind of um, Metroidvania-esque um, action game. Mm. Um, and I think if you were ever going to take a step into this world and, and buy into the hype of all this sort of stuff, Elden Ring would be a perfect place to start. I, I know... Okay. I know that Joe um, spent a little bit of time with Bloodborne, which is still part of the same series, and and you you had some enjoyment there, which I'll I'll let you talk about in a minute. But um, yeah, it's it, I guess just in terms of the fact that it doesn't hold your hand, it's not following that traditional formula of action adventure games, like you know calling out Ubisoft here for having a long list of objectives that you've effectively just got to effectively yeah. just got to tick these boxes. There's a, a, a line that leads you from point A to point B, which is, you know, this sort of GPS type system um, mm. and a very clear path that you are supposed to follow that's only gated by how difficult an enemy is. All of that is very present in this world, 
but the things that you find in nooks and crannies and corners and 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 the the sorts of like items are in places where you won't expect but it also rewards exploration in such a way i don't know how many times i've played other action adventure games where i make my way around a cliff face and i'm like there's gonna be something here yeah and there never is yeah. and it's just like what in this you turn a corner you go down a cave you fall through a hole you open a treasure chest and then it sucks you to the other side of the world and it's absolutely incredible um never, never has a game been had that sense of discovery like we've been promised in games before as this game does and, and yeah, I, think, okay. I think a big part of that joe is is the world map the world map in this starts as just a tiny kind of square um but you look at it, and in terms of how FromSoft games operate, you're like, okay, that's probably roughly the size of the world that I would be expecting. You yep. just never had a map before. But the map slowly reveals itself. It's not a fog of war. It's actually just like almost like you're finding an extra piece of, of the map of the world and then just slotting it into the side um, or above or, or, or whatever. And it just keeps going and going and going. And the sheer scope of this game, I, can't, I still can't process how much content there is there's a verticality to the game. There's a lot of stuff underground that you and, never and find. Depth, yeah, exactly right. And, and when you say and, when you say sorry, uh, sorry, Jace, but when you say uh, like a, like a variety, like it is so diverse that not just the worlds itself, but the enemies that you come across and the variance with, within those enemies. I don't think I've ever played a game with so many different enemy varieties in it. And I'm I'm nowhere near finishing this game. So, I mean, look, I've been buying into the hype for a long time, and I personally find it very difficult to avoid looking things up about a game that I'm excited for. I want as much mm. information as possible, um, and I've been following Elden Ring as, as sort of closely as I can, although not a lot was really revealed other than an initial trailer. Um, but I am spoiled to a degree um, with what's going on. But, Joe, you have gone in blind completely, right? Absolutely. So I only bought this game because I got Horizon Forbidden West and you said that Ubisoft comment before. Like I, I started playing that and I'm like, this is a beautiful game. This is so impressive. But it but I wasn't enjoying it. Like I, I was I felt like I was just following the steps directly. Like it wasn't like, you know, go here and explore along the way. It was literally here's a thing to do, here's a thing to do. It was just all laid out in front of me and I felt like I was just just doing someone else's jobs I, I was just running errands and it was just that total ubisoft fatigue and i was not enjoying it um at all and my wife had to go to the shops one day to pick up a present for one of the kids for their birthdays i saw eb had a deal where you can trade two games in get it for like 20 bucks i ended up getting it for 16 dollars when i traded in two games one ps4 game and um uh, uh, what was it called? That other Ubisoft open world game with the gods and monsters, which was what it was going to be called. And it was called Immortals Phoenix Rising. So two yeah. terrible games. And I got this just thinking, I'll give it a go. Jono, you need to play this game. This, if, if a game this year is better than Elden Ring, goodness me, are we spoiled. This is phenomenal. This is a phenomenal game. It is, it is at this sense of discovery. Like I initially started playing it. And I played Sekiro. That was the one that I really got into. And yeah. Jason, I have a funny comments about, you know, that I beat the ape boss and Jace just couldn't get that ape boss, but I was determined. That was my final boss of that game. And I don't know if I'll ever finish Elden Ring. I don't know if I'm good enough. I, I took, what's the first boss called, Jace? Godric? No, that was, that's the second uh, one. Margaret or something. Margaret, yes. So mm. I, I followed the main path at the beginning because I never played a game like this. Like, like I haven't played Dark Souls besides maybe an hour and it was just... It was just too brutal. I remember coming up against a skeleton, just one little dude, and he just wiped me and just trying again and again. 
But with this, you get this spirit horse, um, which is called Jace. I think Torrent. Torrent, which is a beautiful name. Um, and I thought it was going to be Artax, go... and he was going to die <laughs> in a pond. <laughs> but you can go away from the main part. So I was, I was butting my head against the wall with this boss. I, I'm not looking up anything. I'm not... I'm I'm just learning things through the little menu screens, the little um load screen, which you see a lot because you die a lot in this game. Um, but for you know, and then I could because I was getting a bit frustrated, and then I just went elsewhere. And the first time I opened the chest and got teleported somewhere else, um, I was just like, wow, this is this is now forcing me to do something else. Then when I came out of that place, which was really hard, um. I just started going different directions in the open world. And like you said, Jace, the first time I got taken to this kind of safe environment, let's just say that, I won't spoil it, because this game is all about the discovery. The map, and it was so far off to the side of the map. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like you said, Jace, this is an enormous game. Um, but never have I enjoyed just exploring like I do in this. I love high fantasy sort of sorcery sort of things this has got a horror element but it's more horror like i i i've got a good analogy i just thought of like it's more like um it's more like army of darkness is to horror as evil dead is to horror like the old the you know this is not scary evil dead horror this is lights you know i don't care if my kids are walking past seeing me play this game because it's just like it, it's pretty it's it, they're, they're quite grotesque but they're not I don't find them scary. I don't know. Do you agree with that, Jace? Definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jono, have you played Shadow of the Colossus? That's a good comparison. Yeah, it, it's um, it's on my pile of shame because I get to the first boss, I defeat him, or I think I have, and then for some reason I put it down and then forget to play it. It'll be like um, Metal Gear Solid 2 for me. I'll go back and play it one year and complete it in like half an hour well, with a five-year gap. I, yeah. I guess I guess for those those listening at home, um, you know, Shadow of the Colossus. It's, it's basically Shadow of the Colossus if every enemy is a Colossus. Um, and I don't Oof. mean that in terms of the scale. I mean that in terms of the difficulty. Some of yeah, the most yeah. basic enemies, um, like if you find like an old woman in a cave, run. Like it's yeah. it's it's essentially it's essentially that. Anyway. Like yeah, well, I mean, you know, nobody wants to meet an old an old lady no. in a cave. But um, you know, it's it, it really has that kind of vibe. But it, it does absolutely reward exploration. It's not as punishing as the other titles because the open world component of it has these bonfires. We'll call them bonfires. That's what they are. Um, and can you guys still hear me? Yep. Yeah. Pause. You good? Sorry. Um. Yeah. So it, there there are there are bonfires that you can sort of stop. Um, along the way and and you know rest and recuperate um but when you get into these sort of mini dungeons and things like that that's where you get the traditional kind of feel where you know is it worth the risk of proceeding down the next corridor or should you run back and quickly spend your runes in this case which are souls um to be able to level up your character i i feel in this game and i've heard a lot of people say like about this difficulty in it I've got like I've got three kids. I, I've got you know my job has been quite you know full on at the moment um, and whatnot. And I come home and I find this the the risk reward element. I don't find it punishing. Like those like you said those checkpoints. I can get on torrent. I can ride to my last time I died pretty easily every time. Pick up my runes and I, I haven't lost anything. Um, and if if I think that that path is too hard, I can go back. And the amount of times that I've 
fought somewhere and died and been resurrected at one of those signs of Maria or whatever they are, which are these little statues that you don't even notice are there, but they're another resurrection point that you can choose just to, you know, bring you back closer to the action. This game is very forgiving in that regard. And like I said, worst come to worst, I jump on my horse, get my little revitalizing potion, drink one of those, I'm good to go again. And and like you said, Jace, like if I come across an old lady in a cave or like this giant bear that I came across the other day, I just sneak around him. I run through the whole cave, get to the end, realize there's a dragon there or whatever there might be. I'm like, oh, there was two bosses at the end of that cave, actually. I was telling, I was trying to get Jace to help me with it. And I'm not going to have a go at it. But I figured out how to get um, people into the game. Jace and I actually got to have a little bit of a go together. Oh, nice. And he literally helped me beat the very first mini boss he come across, which I had never yeah. thought. I just let him. He was riding a horse up and down. I just got on my horse and I went around him. Like Mul- I tried Mul- to beat him the first time. But multiplayer he- is interesting in that regard, where it's not you, you know, hand in hand exploring with your friend uh, the the world, the lands between, or whatever the name of it is. Um, it's more like calling up a mate to get you sort of to to help you move something. Yes. Um, yeah. And and it's just sort of like, hey, quickly help me with this boss. You get sucked into the game, you fight the boss, and then it immediately takes you back out of the game again. Um, no, really. So that's that's kind of how the multiplayer works. And and even even I mean, it's it's a it's a classic Souls sort of thing. But there are these little messages that are written on the ground. You'll see them being written by mm. other players, but you don't have the you don't have the ability to be able to write a specific message. You're not typing it out on a you know a standard keyboard. There are set phrases. And you get some really obscure ones, but the most common one that you'll see is um, try jumping here, which is effectively saying if you jump off this ledge, you might run into a secret. Um, more often than not, you jump to your death. Yeah, and so the two most common ones you see is try jumping here, and then a little message in front of it saying liar. Liar. I knew you were going to say liar. Or, everywhere. or secret ahead, and then you go in uh, up, and there's a lot of illusionary walls in these games where you hit a wall and the wall disappears. Yeah. Um, not with not with sort of too much flair, they just sort of vanish. Um, and then it'll say the words liar um, uh, and more often than not. But sometimes the liar message is actually a lie in itself. It really was uh, an illusionary wall. And it's just, it's such a funny, it's a weird way of creating like a sense of community and a multiplayer component that isn't in its traditional sense um, mm. of that you're seeing how people died. Like you, you click on a blood stain and you see that somebody ran into a room and then they just disappeared. And you're just like, okay, there's probably something around that corner to the left. Um, and sure enough, there is. The there always is. And that's the it's thing always, with this yeah. game. Like, you just got to be prepared. You got to be on your toes. But it, it's that risk reward. Like, Jace, you're level what? In the um, game? I'm your level 142, I think it is. So I'm not even, I'm like in the 30s still. I've played yeah. almost for 24 hours. Um, I don't know. Like, I, this is the game when I've got some free time. Even if it's 10 minutes, I will play it. And, and it yeah. doesn't present in that way, but it totally can be played that way. You can fast travel between points. Like I've just gone back, like, like I said, Jason, I yesterday beat that first mini boss. So I went and explored the first area a little bit more. I was destroying everybody I was coming across. Who at the beginning of the game, I was running away from if I got two guys huh. at once. Now I'm like, let's go. Like all of like bats, I was running away from bats. Now I'm like four bats, I got this. And like, you know, four, four bats in like the lands where there's all that rot stuff, they will destroy me in a heartbeat. But here, yeah. you know, and, and that's the thing, like, it's it's funny, like you can play this, like I said, you can you can build up and like where Jace's is and some of the bosses that I've come across, I'm like, I will never probably beat these, some of these bosses, but mm. 
it doesn't matter. Like I, I have already, in however long it's been out for, got more enjoyment out of this game in a unique way. Um, and that's like, I think that's a big point that I want to make. Like it's it's such a unique experience that I think if you you got to give it a go. Like I, I really think, Jono, that the you might not find the world appealing in terms of it not being sci-fi, but um, doesn't matter. I don't know what the story is. I just know that this is a game of exploration. I'm, and... I'm, a, I'm literally the last boss and I couldn't tell you a single thing yeah. about the story. Um, yeah. it, I, I think that's the big thing that's always uh, defined the difference between the three of us, where like we've played games where I'm telling you about the story and you've probably put more hours into it and you've gone, we had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think is... that'll be the one thing that'll stop me. It's it's funny though, right? What a contradiction. My favorite game of last year was Guardians of the Galaxy, which I enjoyed really for the story. And yeah. my favorite game of this year, I'm hoping something else comes along which I enjoy more, but I don't think so, um, is Elden Ring, which I totally enjoy for the gameplay experience. Um, the, and just yeah. The, yeah, how unique it is in that regard. The, the story, Jono, um, is something that you would have better luck with than I would. And it's because the story is told through obscurity. It's told through the items that you pick up and the weapons that you collect and this yeah. obscure thing that this old woman in a cave told you before she murdered you. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all that kind of stuff that I'm like, nah, I'm too busy trying to survive and not pay too much attention to those words that you just said, but it turns out they were really relevant. Um, I think what I would say um, is that if you are not finding yourself enjoying the traditional sort of trajectory of games at the moment. And a lot yeah. of games do follow a very similar type of formula. If you find yourself going, I love gaming, but something is missing. Yeah. This is when you pick up a game like this, put a little bit of time into it, get past that initial frustration. And it's, it's the whole, you know, the whole concept of like, if you work hard, eventually it becomes fun. Yeah, um, and, and to, to break that barrier is very, very difficult. I was just going to say though, I, I think like I I have I know nothing about this game. I'm not looking up anything. I'm not reading anything. If I don't understand something, I, I just don't understand it. And you know, like I said, I'll get to a point with this game where I'm sure I I probably will want to do that, look up things. But I think if you started from the beginning and you were like, all right, look up this boss. Can I beat this boss? The thing about spoilers is, I normally. I'm not too disappointed when that happens with games. I'm okay with it. You learn about where the amazing super weapon is or this big secret boss, or I can't believe that this happened. Um, with Elden Ring, I really wish that I knew less. And oh. I think the game would um, last a lot longer. Um, and I'm at 60 hours on this playthrough, but the game would oh. have lasted a lot nice. longer had I not have done that, because there is just, as I said, very obscure stuff. And I don't know how people are figuring this out. They have to have inside mm. info to be able to learn this stuff, right? Um, and so I, I don't, I'm not saying my, my enjoyment is too deeply impacted by it, but I could see myself playing this for a very, very long time. Um, with that being said, I recently saw um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Is that where no way up? home. No way home. Um, which finally came out as a release. It, it's a unique, um, it's a unique issue because Spider-Man came out during a time where COVID was running rampant, and to be able to get yep. into a cinema and see it wasn't as straightforward as it would be any other time. You were no. both lucky enough to see it, but it was the new hot movie of the year. Um, yep. It was last year, right? Must have yes, been. End late of, last was, year, probably was, yeah. holiday or something. Yeah, it was just before Christmas. Remember, Joe? It was like the 17th or something. Last movie I've seen at the cinema. Yeah. There today. you go. 
And so you guys both saw it. But the thing is, the internet, you know, I can't, I love going on YouTube, but the problem is I'm getting these recommendations. It's just like, I can't believe that this character was in this. And it shows this like silhouette of a character. I'm just like, dude, that's Daredevil. Like, I'm not going to, you know, spoilers. Um, I'm not going to like, you know, spoilers have begun. People, shut your ears off have, now if you don't want to. They've definitely begun. I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to avoid this unless I shut myself off. Joe managed to avoid a good chunk of it. I don't know how he did it, but and it, hopefully in a minute you can tell me how to do this because this is the first time in that I really recall where my enjoyment was impacted by this. And oh, I'm okay. not saying that Spider-Man is a bad movie. I know it is a good movie. Um, I'm not a fan of Tom Holland as Spider-Man, but that's a separate thing. That's fine. Um, but the problem is that the sum of the movie is built up by these couple of key big moments that happened that made me go, whoa, there's two things that I wish happened. One, I didn't know. And two, I was in a cinema for it. And the feeling that I got from watching, and I keep talking about this, but I keep watching Endgame, uh, talking about Endgame, is that that feeling of like the cinema being in it together. I was in a crowd. I felt like it was like a sporting event, the cheering. I imagine that that would have happened in this, surely, for oh, you guys. Absolutely. Joe was elbowing my shoulder so I, many times, it's not funny. I, you have to do me a favor, please. Again, for everybody listening here, I've, just spoilers, you have to tell me what happened to Joe, because you knew Jono, right? You knew what was coming. Um, I suspected, but I've got to say, the movie handled it in such an amazing way, and I've suddenly found myself in a unique position because I think she's got noise-canceling headphones on next to me. Can you hear me, Em? Nope. So that's good because we're watching it right now and she hasn't seen it. So I don't want to spoil it for her, but finally now she's got noise cancelling headphones on. So we're good. Um, okay. Yeah. So the scenes you're talking about, I had heard all the rumors and had been following it about Toby Maguire, about Andrew Garfield, but I was still thoroughly surprised as to how they were introduced. Um, didn't see it coming the way they did it. Even the way they tackled all the villains that were uh, brought back in, I thought it was done really well. And while like in um, hindsight and being able to look back at it and people that have analysed, you know, should that person have known that person, yada, 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 I don't care. It was close enough. It was brilliant. Um, I thought it was a really well-handled movie. And if... If even one or two of the rumors come true that both Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield will get a, a second shot because Sony want to milk it for all it's worth, go for it. As long as oh, you, please. as long please. as you make make it so that whoever writes it does as good a job as they did on this movie because the writing was, I think, pretty well, good. Sam Raimi's doing Multiverse of Madness, right? Give him, let He's, him do that. Spider Man Four script sounded awesome. Please, let's do that. Do, do. So, so I, I really do need to know now though, like. How how much information did you have, Joe? How much of it was a genuine surprise? And what was the biggest surprise for you? Like, just sorry, again, there's no way you didn't know that Tobey Maguire was, was like, you must have known he was in this film. I I hoped that he was. I hoped that but what were. made you think that? What Like, because, where did that information come from? Because you can't avoid it, right? You can't avoid it. Like, okay. and, okay. and, and you saw all those interviews with Garfield saying how, you know, not, not, not happening. And he's an amazing actor, obviously. Oh, I did well. He's <laughs> doing, doing it for so long. Um, but yeah, with the villains, I didn't know about all of them. I hadn't seen all the trailers. Uh, so that was really, um, but look, the, the first, when the first guy got introduced, I, I was hoping it was my boy, um, Toby, and it wasn't, and, you know. That but, made but, better. <laughs> exactly. It made it so much better. Um, and John as well. Oh, poor John. Like, what does it do with me? It's, it 
comes a fourth movie. Like I'm just bumping him that and was taking fantastic. him the whole time. That catch, like we're sitting there with the rest of the cinema, just bawling our eyes out. Like, like, like yeah. I was sobbing and I'm just like holding on to Jono. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, like if, if Ali was there, I would have been doing the same thing. Like I needed the emotional support because you could see the lead up for that scene. And in that scene, yeah. Stole the show for me. I was that was just. And, and we, um, we're like, John and I were like, it, it's going to happen. It's it's going to it's going to happen. Like you know that redemption, and it was just it was so yeah. cool. But yeah, you're right, Jace. Like there was elements of it that you couldn't escape. Um, but yeah. I, I don't. I watched a trailer for it, um, the one with the uh, goblin on the bridge. With a laugh at the end of it, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was it. And then I didn't watch anything else. And, you know, you're right. Like, I go on YouTube and, like, there's there's things that are kind of like, yeah, like, article about I think this person's in it or that one. But it was a matter of just watching it when it first came out. Um, it's kind of the best way to do it. Um, and, yeah, just not reading, like, you know, those kind of do fan you... websites. I stick away. Stay away from them. So, Jono, with you knowing what you knew about the film before release yep did it impact your enjoyment in any way and as an additional question to that how do you feel about knowing this sort of stuff how do you feel about spoilers because you you watch a lot of these sorts of um these sorts of films where you know it is heavy on spoilers a lot and even tv shows yep um i okay so what i found especially for Sony's last two big movies, which was Spider-Man No Way Home and Ghostbusters, I thought the trailers were handled really well in the sense that they revealed a little bit. They got you excited, but they didn't show you the end of the movie and they didn't give away some of the big spoils. And it, it felt like you still went on this journey, which I really love. Um, you know, I want a few spoilers sometimes to, you know, hype me up and get me excited about something. But um, I think Joe said this best in the past. Movie, uh, movie trailers like the one for Batman versus Superman where you basically get a blow-by-blow of the entire movie from start to end um, in the, you know, a two-minute trailer yeah. with no real surprises is not the sort of thing that I want. So, um, yeah, I, I don't mind uh, a few spoilers, but, can, yeah, it's got to be handled right. Can I just quickly say, with Ghostbusters, I noticed that they did two different styles of trailer. They did the traditional style where you see glimpses, like – bits from the movie but they yep. also just did the stay puffed mini marshmallow men scene yeah 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 the mini- which i yeah, four minutes from it or whatever it was yeah. I, I like what they did with the mortal Kombat movie too where they just released the first whatever minutes of the movie and it's like you're not getting anything spoiled you just you're literally getting the opening scene mm. if you like the taste of that then go and watch the it's movie. it's almost like a demo for a movie right exactly right yeah. yes Yes. You, just, you found a good marketing angle, Jace. Demos for movies. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's the big angle that needs to come up. Um, but no, I, I thought Spider-Man was fantastic. It was really well written. And if they keep that up, it's going to be brilliant. So hopefully, you know, uh, all these rumors that are going around that we'll see more spin-offs from this movie because of how popular it was will be fantastic. But um, yeah, let, let's, I, I think for the future, downplay some of the spoilers, give us one or two or something just enough to wet our whistle and then have the really big spoilers to be, you know, actually spoiled in the movie. You know, yeah. I think it's hard. Um, can I ask you one more question? This is a question for both of you, but um, who broke the multiverse? Oh, I'd say it's a mixture of Doctor Strange and Peter Parker, but, you know. What about else? Loki? You know what? Oh, yeah, of course, Loki also had some damage in there. You know what? 
I'm going to go with the big one. Marvel broke the multiverse because it's going to make them a lot of money. <laughs> and, and, and look, the multiverse movie that matters the most is Into the Spider-Verse, and that's getting two more movies. So let's, let, let's just be happy with that. They're the best ones. Fair or enough. The first Thank one you. was anyway. I figured so I'd ask the super fans that question. So that's, uh, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime. Everyone, this has been another fun episode of Versus Player. Hopefully you can join us again next time where we'll talk about a lot. Lord knows what. Um, you can find us in the usual places because you've obviously found us. And if you haven't, it's time to jump onto versusplayer.com and find all your episodes there. Thanks so much. And we'll see you again real soon. This is Player.